Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpot on what has been, let's be honest, a very, a very quiet and boring in week at Sellers Park. Nothing very much going on. So I'll bid you good night and uh, we'll catch you again this time next week. I hope you're all well. Um, shortly you're going to be joining me I've got in my illustrious crew. I'll have, who's coming first? Uh, our fab member, Tim Richards. Good evening, Tim. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, Nick. Hello, everyone. Uh, the gorgeous Teresa Baker. I'm not going to say Jim Cannon, am I? Uh, the gorgeous Teresa Baker. How are you, Even darling? Now. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Nick. Hello, everyone. And, of course, the ledge is here again with us. Jim Cannon, good evening, mate. Evening, Nick. Evening, everyone. And also joining us is producer Greg in the background. He's going to be with us uh, when he un unmutes his mic. He's going to be with us on and off all evening. See, I, I'm not <laughs> to, I don't do the technical stuff. You do. And even I spotted that. That's it. I, I think I might have to remove myself now for him sharing. <laughs> Are you all right, mate? I'm good. Well? Thank you. Evening all. Right, so I can, guys, I can see you all out in Facebook land. In fact, actual fact, I'm, look, I'm looking on YouTube. John Knox, Daniel Garlic, Fergus is out there. Uh, some bloke called Penshaw Eagle. Well, I thought, I thought he wasn't available tonight to produce the show, but he's out there. I hope everybody's well. I can see you all out there, and I'll get to all your comments during the course of the evening. Right, you might wonder why most of us are sitting here like a bunch of saddos in our, um, with our palace skulls around our neck. So if you have been hiding under a rock, for the last 48 hours, uh, you all know that the wonderful and talented Jason Cadle, who does so much, is probably responsible for the new uh, red and blue display around the stadium. He's basically responsible for everything else, has decided in celebration of the new manager and the fact that the, cl the club has been, probably been at an all-time low and time to get behind the boys, whatever happens over the next few weeks, up or down. He's going to he's gonna regenerate the bring your scarfed sellers uh, event for the Burnley home game on Saturday, this Saturday, the 24th of February. The initiative is to build the success of the Leicester at home last season and bring in a new period of hope and optimism to the club. Let's raise the roof for the team and our new manager by raising our scarves above our heads as they enter the pitch on Saturday. This is and all fully inclusive to any fan in all four stadiums are being invited to join us with this. Uh, you'll see it all over social media. And I mean, I have personally shared it on, I don't know, 20 face eight groups this afternoon. I know Jason's done it on all the different you know, splinter groups and podcasts are all doing the same thing. So I would encourage you all, if you see the post that I put out or anybody else has put out, please like it and tweet it on all social media platforms so it gets out to the entire fan base. Let us, the 12th man, use everything in our power to give the lads a boost and show them our full support. There you go. And we're, we're the, and also, if you go into the Paulson's Arms between 1 and 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Old Cadle, bless his heart, he's got a lot of, I don't know if you remember, do you guys remember the old silk scarf, the ones that us yobs in those days used to tie around their wrist, like the old Bobber Boy days? Well, he's got a load of those that he's trying to give away. I wish I'd known beforehand because I've still got a load that he gave me down in the cupboard here. Jace, you're a superstar, mate. I know you're out there. Okay, congratulations on your initiative. And you know that the whole Red and Blue Review family are 100% behind you. Good on you, man. Right. Now, uh, normally I would do this bit, 
Okay, later in the show. But because we've got the trees are on, uh, I actually want to do this early. And we're going to be talking about other team results. Okay. Uh, and there's a reason why I'm doing it early. And I need Theresa's assistance in a minute. Uh, the under-21s uh, played Leicester City and drew 1-1 on Monday the 19th in Premier League 2, Division 1. The under-18s played that lot down at the South Coast and lost 4-2 on Saturday the 17th in the under-18s Premier League. And the Palace women uh, won 4-0 uh, home to Blackburn Rovers, Rovers last Sunday. Now, that result in particular, I want to come back to. I want to, uh, have you got their league table there, Greg, please? Now, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. In case you don't follow what the, the ladies are doing, this is outstanding. Because, A, we've got a game in hand over Sunderland, who are only one point above us. There's three teams there on 30 points. And on top of that, on goal difference... And the goal difference, enormous, okay? I think I read somewhere this week, we are like 16 goals ahead of our nearest rival, Southampton or Charlton. So the goal difference doesn't really come into play there because Palace will be on top of that. If they can take uh, Sunderland, don't forget, only one club gets promoted from the ladies' championship to the women's Super League. So uh, at the moment, Palace are sitting in a fantastic position, game in hand and a massive plus goal difference. So congratulations, ladies, on absolutely everything you're achieving this season under your new manager, Miss Kaminsky. And uh, I know she's doing a brilliant job down there. It'd be great to see Steve Parrish having to get his hand in his pocket, will it, if they do get promoted, because he's going to have to invest in the ladies, and quite rightly so. Right, going back to the other teams, and the reason I'm going back to this is the under-21 uh, score that I gave you uh, in the Premier League 2 clash against Leicester was abandoned after 86 minutes on Monday evening following a serious injury to Joe Sher Sheridan. Uh, with the score 1-1, Sheridan fractured, fractured his... Theresa? Fibula. It's one of the bones in the lower legs. In the lower leg. Thank you very much. While landing from a header which required him to be taken to hospital by a dedicated ambulance crew at the Leicester City training ground. Well, the problem with that is that uh, they had that ambulance crew at the match, and without an additional ambulance crew present at the training ground, the remaining time in that fixture could not be fulfilled. So the status of that fixture will be confirmed in due course. So they haven't actually declared that as a result. But, Joe, uh, if you any chance of you're tuning into this, we wish you super, super well. well I mean, is that, uh, is that one of the bad ones, T? It's... Um... They can heal. They can heal quite nicely, but obviously um, it's not as strong as the femur, which is the one big bone in your upper thigh. It's one of the smaller ones. So in your lower leg, um, it's difficult because it'll always be weaker, I presume, and, and it will obviously be a target. It'll be something that he'll be definitely conscious of. Do you know, I'm, already, I'm getting told, thank you for that, I'm getting told off in the chat already for not mentioning Joe Sheridan. <laughs> I was at Paul Bristow, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I can read it. Oi, Bristow, mind your own business. I was all right, all over that before you even said that. But thank you anyway. Um, Joe, I can see you out in the chat. Joan Wells, good evening. Uh, Paul, obviously. Uh, Lee Clark and everybody else out in Facebook land, I wish you well. And thank you for joining us this evening. Right. Well, as I said, as I said pre-show, it's been quite a boring week for the Palace, really, isn't it? And nothing, nothing very much happening. Jim, your overall... Thoughts, because we need to start by pay, uh, paying reverence to Roy Hodgson, of course. I mean, you know, you, we're in, in the company of a ledge, OK, but 
he has to go down as a ledge as well. Your overall thoughts on the departure of Roy Hodgson, please, mate? Uh, well, it's it's a shame the way it's happened, but I suppose if you asked a lot of the fans, they'd be quite happy, which makes me amazed when you see all the comments about the people that were slagging him off over the last month, suddenly saying, oh, what a great guy, done great for the club. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's probably his time's come. And obviously his medical mishap probably quickened it. Um, at the end of the day, it's a results business. The guy's been brilliant for us. There's always a question of whether he should have stayed for another season, bearing his age. But I suppose having done such a good job over the last 12 games of last season, uh, it was inevitable that he was probably... He want, he's a football manager. Age means nothing to him. He just wants to carry on the job. But I think it's, it's probably the right time. Uh, whether the new guy will be the answer, only time will tell. But That's he's good. done a fabulous job for Palace. And I, I think everybody should really, on Saturday, say how they think about him. So... And in fairness, Jim, they, they started that last night at Goodison. And uh, I don't know if you saw the game last night, but it's uh, in the stands, it was full of Roy Hodgson's songs. Um, Tim, your thoughts very quickly. I mean, we're going to cover it in greater detail during the course of the show. Of course we are. But your, your initial thoughts on... Um, I'm, I'm glad he wasn't sacked. Um, I did think it was time for a change. But at the end of the day, sometimes it goes to show that Football's not that important when it's someone's health and well-being in question. Um, he will always be a legend. Yeah, I, I thought it was time for him to go, but doesn't detract from the fact what he's done for the club, how much the club means to him. Um, and like you said, I hope on Saturday that um, that that's shown. OK, and, and Greg, finally with you, because I'm coming to tea with a particular question in a minute. I think I've said on previous shows, um, you know, I think Roy overall now has, has been my favourite ever Crystal Palace manager. Um, you know, I, th I think this season it was it was probably a bit of a stretch given that he, he wasn't really backed. Um, he's done the best he could with what he had. And, you know, m maybe you could you could say that that's really that's that's probably his biggest biggest skill. Um, first and foremost, I just I hope that his health, um, you know, that he's he gets back to a good place and, and can enjoy watching match of the day like I do. Okay, mate, thank you. And your interesting comment you just made there about your favourite ever manager, I'll send you best regards to Mr Koppel and tell him you were asking after him, okay? Um, <laughs> Teresa, different question to you, mm -hmm. okay? And there is a reason why I'm asking you this. I thought the timing of the both announcements yesterday was a little bit peculiar. What was it, two and a half hours before we, we kicked off at Goodson Park? Um, nobody knew who was going to be uh, running the touchline for us yesterday. We all guessed it was going to be Ray and Paddy, uh, yeah. and it turned out to be the case. So did you think the timing of it was a bit strange in any way? Yes, I did. I thought it was very strange. The whole the whole business of it has been very strange, to be quite honest. Um, we all knew it was coming. Um, it was leaked. It got leaked somehow, whether it's from Roy's side, whether it's from our side, whether it's from club side, I don't know. 
And after um, Ollie was seen at, at Spurs Stadium, I don't. I think it actually forced the hands, to be quite honest. I think Roy, I, I could have seen Roy being in charge yesterday and then resigning during the week. But the fact that he's done it, I mean, maybe he came out of hospital and thought, you know what, I don't need this. Or maybe he's been told by the doctor, you know what, you don't need this. Or maybe his wife put her foot down and said, enough. Because he's had some to... abuse over the last month or so, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, the flack is... And Jim was right to point it out. I mean, the, the abuse that he's got on social media is just... I mean, and I think the credit has got to go to that man himself, OK, with the absolute sheer... The class of the statement that he released yesterday, uh, or the club released on his behalf yesterday, just goes to show the character of the man. I mean, I, it, I know there was a lot of people out there, and Jim was right to say it a minute ago, absolutely abusing him, completely just slagging him off, okay? And they were the ones saying, oh, it was all right, oh, it was all right. Well, yeah, because you're bloody guilty, that's why. Okay, yeah, I was... I was the first one last at the end of the season when the reappointment was made to say, I don't think this is right, guys. This is why I think we're going to struggle. This is why I think we're going to end up seven seats in the league. And I did say that pre uh, in the pre-season show. But I'm just going to read you a couple of extracts from the uh, Hodgson statement. I know you got it there as well, Greg. Uh, Palace confirmed that Roy Hodgson has stepped down from his post as uh, first-team manager. Roy said, this club is very special. It means so much to me and has played a big part in my footballing life. I fully enjoyed my time here across six seasons and it's given me the chance to work with some top-class players and staff doing what I love every day. However, given the recent circumstances, it may be it may be prudent at this time for the club to plan ahead and therefore I've taken the decision to step aside so that the club can bring forward their plan for a new manager. That must have hurt, right in that. That must have hurt. I would like to thank Steve Parrish and his American partners for their support, along with my coaching staff and backroom team who have helped me so much along the way. In particular, a huge thanks to my long-term friend and assistant, Ray Lewington and coaches Dink Kiley and Paddy McCarthy, plus excellent sports science, video analysis and medical departments. Many thanks and, and respect also to the current squad of players who have been a pleasure to work with. They are a credit to the club and themselves, and I'm certain that our fans will continue to give them the full support. I'm confident in the season will finish well and I wish the team every success over the next weeks, months and seasons to come. I mean, just the way he worded everything, he, there was a slight dig in there, of course, okay, under the circumstances. But I just think it just showed his pure class as a gentleman. And, I, you know, Roy, if this is, if this is your swan song in uh, football management, which I truly hope it is, Okay, you, you'll be welcome back to Sellers Park a million times over with arms open wide. And every time you turn up to Sellers Park, a bit like Jimmy, a bit like old Cannon is, because we love him to death and we always have had, and every member of the fan base does as well. Right, let's leave the new appointment to a little bit later in the show if we can. Let's kick off with yesterday's game away at Sellers Park. And I want to talk about, Jim, I'm coming to you particularly on this. Uh, with reference to the lineup, um, playing three centre backs is that playing? Is that a nod to the new manager? Uh, Paddy claims it wasn't. Okay, 
good to see Jan- Santon Johnson back in goal, and I'm glad he was in goal because they peppered the goal yesterday. Uh, and I'm not confident the score would have been the same uh, if Johnson hadn't been in goal. Munoz, Ward, Anderson, Richards, Mitchell, Lerma, mm. Young, Walton, who I really want to focus on tonight. Jordan Ayo, and very surprisingly, it was basically two up top, but it wasn't. It was one behind the other. Jim, your thoughts on the three centre-back, please? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got no problem with that. I quite like that. It allows, as long as the two wing-backs push forward and don't sit like Arsenal, we had three at the back, but the two cent, the two full-backs sat alongside them. So we just got overrun and gave them the opportunity to come at us. Last night, it was totally different, the two full-backs. I think it'd be hard to stop that Munoz going anywhere except defending because he's all over the shop, up and down. And I think he's going to be a great asset. But I, I looked at it right away and I thought, yeah, it's 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 an attacking-minded team uh, with the players that he had at his disposal. His disposal. And, uh, yeah, I, I was quite I was pleased that he did it. It showed that we were going out to try and win the game. Yeah. And so do you think that was a nod to the new manager? Because apparently he favours three, uh, three central defenders or five across the back, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, no. If, if Paddy McCarthy uh, says, which he did say after the game, he hadn't met him, then no, that would have been him and Ray Lewington's decision. I, I can't imagine the manager, the incoming manager would have anything to do with that. Yeah, see, Paul in the chat has said new managers seemingly likes to play an attacking wing-back system, which they did last night, which is why I asked the question, Paul, um, because, you know, I know I saw the same interview that Jim just alluded to with Paddy after the game, uh, and he said, no, actually, I haven't met him. But as part of me thinks, you know, well, he, they knew he was coming in. They knew that was his preferred. Uh, he said, he, he was, Paddy was saying, look, we picked the team and we played the system to play the opposition that we've got coming against us. We knew that... Uh, a physical team, which they are. Um, right, okay, so back to that lineup, if you don't mind, Jane. Uh, Greg. So, Greg, I see you, mate. Goalkeeping wise, are you pleased that Sam is back? Yeah, I think so. Look, this England's number two goalkeeper. No disrespect to Henderson. I, I think we've got a nice problem to have. Um, I think you've got two good goalies, and, and you know, naturally, it's it's easy to criticise, you know, one over the other. Um, but I do think, I, th- I think Johnston is is the right choice for number one. He's 30 years of age, you know, maybe towards like the latter stages of, the, of, his, of his goalkeeping career. But that, that really could still be easily five or six more seasons. Absolutely. And you've got Dean Henderson, mid-20s, you know, the natural successor. So for me, it's, it, it, it makes perfect sense for Johnston to be our number one. And Henderson to fill in either when you know if if Johnston gets injured or maybe cup games. You know it, it's a good problem to have. And no disrespect to you know the backup keepers like Remy Matthews. You've got Henderson and Johnston. They they really are good goalkeepers. You know, and I, and I, and I think if you've got the two to choose from, that's a good thing. It's a positive. Absolutely. Um... Tim, before I come to you and ask you about Adam Walton, which I want to do, uh, I, I noticed out in the chat that Aaron Myers is there from Melbourne. Myers, if, you, if you're awake at this time in the morning, whatever it is out, over there, why the bloody hell aren't you on the show? Um, Tim, Adam Walton, what are we unearthing this this kid here? Yeah, I mean, that's he's one of the names I put down in the notes to mention. Um 
to see a player of that age and that lack of premiership experience to be as calm and as assured on the ball as he is with the ability to play the ball forward the way he does i think what we paid for him is a bar is another bargain i think he's a great find and and i, I think you know going forward he's going to be brilliant just i just want to mention munoz as well i think tony quinn was it questioned his defending i thought he defended really well last night oh, there were several times he got good blocks in um and he's great going forward which is what we've been asking for so I think both of those have been some good buys, I think. Um, I think you underestimate what you just said there, Tim, because I think you are absolutely bang on the money. Uh, somebody just said in the chat, they, they think uh, Wharton is a potential, potential England midfielder. I know we're probably flooded with that sort of position, but, I mean, the way he's, when he's got the ball at his feet, he's not looking down at his mm. feet or looking back at the keeper. He's doing this straight away. His vision is this, and he's looking to where the ping ball. Just imagine when he gets into a team with people like Elisa and Eze, uh, even Decore when he comes back next year. Yeah, this, that guy, I think you, you're right in they've just unearthed an absolute gem. And yeah, you know, I heard on Hopkins' podcast, I think it was yesterday, he's talking about the fact that you know, this time next year, that player will be an 80 million pound player because he's. Absolute star quality. Jim, your thoughts on Walton very quickly before we move on to the game. Yeah, he looks a, a good find. He's got a good football brain on him. Some of his passing. The, the thing that stood out was how calm he was. Yeah. And every time he got the ball, he had space. It's yeah. a sign, sign of a good midfield player. Thank you, mate. Tim, do you want to cover the game? Yeah, I'll, I'll put some notes down. Um, so, so I'm not going to go through minute by minute because I think, let's face it, apart from a couple of points, it wasn't the biggest football purist game. But what it did have, it had both teams putting effort in, a lot of passion. Um, I thought I was very pleased with the setup. The only thing I would say is, Edward, I'm not sure about him. He's, whether he's confidence, I just don't think he's up for it. I would have loved to have seen Franca, um start instead of him. But um, I think as the game started, as we expected, uh, we said we were um, compact, letting everyone have the ball, but they really didn't do very much with the ball. Uh, during the first half, they huffed and puffed a lot, but we were really comfortable. Uh, and I want to mention Richards as well. I mean, apart from having a top quality surname, Again, in defence, he didn't look out of place at all. I thought he looked really assured. He covered Calvert-Lewin really well. Um, there were a couple of times where I did have chances. He was there. Um, but the first half, really, there wasn't an awful lot of points. Yeah, they had a chance when Pickford uh, lumped the ball forward and Calvert-Lewin. But again, he wasn't given a, a free header and he put it wide. We were very comfortable. Um, I, I'd say, uh, again... You could tell how comfortable we were by the crowd. I mean, we all know what Everton's like. We all know what it's going to be like going. It's a difficult game, especially when their backs are against the wall. Both teams are struggling. But I thought we played really well. We, we kept them quiet. The crowd really wasn't in it. Um, so that's pretty much the, the first half. Again, I, you've already mentioned it, Nick, but I did want to mention um, Munoz and Wharton because I thought during the game, first half especially, for the very points that you've mentioned, they were outstanding. And it was so pleasing to see the team play like that. 
when you think what it was like at Everton when we were 2-0 up at half-time and ended up losing 3-2, how they just capitulated, um, I was really pleased. Tim, could I just jump in for a second? Jim, your thoughts on Joel Wall playing on the right side of the three at the back? I thought he played well. Joan just mentioned it in the chat that she thought uh, Joel had a good game. Your thoughts, mate? Yeah, no, he played well. I mean, I, I think they, they played, you mentioned Edward there. I think Edward, Mateta, Richards, Anderson and Ward, the, the, the reason why he wanted all them is the only thing Everton have got is height. I mean, watching that game was like watching Watford under Graham Taylor about 30 years ago. Yeah, the, the Everton fans must only have bad necks because the ball was in the air probably 80% of the time when they had it. Yeah. They were awful. But, uh, yeah, no problem. Ward, whatever Ward, whenever Ward plays, he does a good job. I mean, people moan at him because he's obviously getting on a bit and he's maybe a bit slower and he doesn't get forward as much as the modern-day fullback. But you put him in our team, he never lets you down. Never lets you down. And you're absolutely right. Oh, Tim, before you carry on, Chris Richards has just texted me. He's just said uh, he's changing his name by Depot. And I wonder why. Uh, carry on, mate. Well, he won't be changing it to Philpot, will he? So, yeah, so going into, going into the second half, um, again, as I think we all expected, Everton, as Jim um, mentioned, again, just back to pumping the ball forward. And for 99% of it, I thought we handled it pretty well, pretty comfortable. Um, the three players I wanted to mention in the second half, Mateta, Edward and Johnson. Now, Mateta, I've been one of his biggest critics because... For me, he just hasn't done what a striker, a big striker, should do. But the last couple of months, I don't know what's happened to him, but the difference in the level of performances that he's put in has been exceptional. And again, yeah. yesterday, it was exactly the same thing. He was holding the ball up. He was using his size to... He made, was making a life nightmare for the defenders. And that's what led to, to Ayu's wonder goal. I mean, the ball knocked onto him. He controlled it. He held off at least two Everton defenders, controlled the ball, lovely pass into Ayu. Again, quick first-time shot. Pickford, no chance. Um, Palace 1-0 up. Uh, and to be fair, I, I don't think you can you could complain with that. Um, yes, stats may say one thing, but to be fair, Everton really didn't do very much with the ball. Um course then it went on and Everton brought some subs on and just lumping the ball up as they do and for a majority of it we did do well we defended well but then of course a corner comes um Johnson flaps misses it and they equalize and I've seen on social media today and I've seen reports you know comments people blaming Johnson and yes you could say Johnson was at fault for that really? but then but then well you know, he should have got to the ball better, I thought. But having said that, look at the goals he stopped before that, the double save he made Absolutely. just before that. Uh, there was another shot as well. I forget um, the Everton player's name, but another great save. So, yes, you could say that maybe he was at fault for the goal, but look at what he stopped. Um, and then we get on to Edward. Now, I know Jim mentioned it, but I don't know. He, he just, I mean, he had a weak shot in the first half. Um, you know, he could have done better with that. I thought it was a very tame, tame shot. Um, I don't know if it's just confidence, um, but uh, I don't know what it is. But it would be great to see him firing again. But he, he definitely hasn't. Um, he definitely hasn't 
uh, I think, mastered the English game. Perhaps you should go back to Scotland. But then the game went on. And, and again, just to end, really, a few good points, I thought, last night. Yes, we didn't win. It was a shame that they got their equaliser. But wasn't it pleasing to see a Palace team that was resolute, that even when we, they equalised and then the crowd came into it and Everton do what Everton do. Um, but we stuck to it. We played the same, you know, we kept, the players kept doing what they had to do. Um, so, yeah, overall, I was pleased, I think, with the week that we've had. Because, yeah, I know they're professionals, but still, seeing Roy get injured or, or being taken ill like that, all the up, uproar about the, 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 the new manager, I was very pleased with last night, the way they played. And it's good to show passion. And it was great to hear the crowd get behind them. Thank you, Tim. I mean, the, I'm going to come, guys, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't mind who peeks up on this. Uh, somebody mentioned in the uh, chat they're disappointed that Frank uh, didn't come on. And, and uh, there's actually a school of thought that probably agrees with that a little bit because, because we were winning 1 0, we did what we do more often than not as we were dropping back. I think I, I put in one of the chats on 62 minutes, we're sitting too deep. We're sitting too deep. Uh, we've got every player behind the ball. Would it have been more prevalent to bring on somebody like Franco to give Everton something else to think about? The trouble was they, they were flooding our, our half because we were letting them push us back. Jim, would we have been better to push on Frank or something like that? Well, it's easy to say yes, but you need to have the ball to get to them. And uh, when they're flying from balls into the box like that, he's probably gone for a little bit more experience. Uh just sitting in the middle of the park and and not giving. I mean, Frank, uh, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he comes on and there's a little dribble and loses it, like he did quite a few times the other week. Yeah. And you're under the cosh. So I think he's just thinking of hopefully keeping the game at 1 0 and, and then sort of 1 all and, and not. The important thing was to walk away there from there with at least a point. And uh, the job was done then, wasn't it? Indeed. Um, Tim, is there anything else you want to cover on the game? No, that's probably about it, really. Right, so that result leaves Palace City in 15th place, OK, on 25 points. Uh, five points clear of both Everton and Luton. Um, are we suggesting, by the way, Burnley and Sheffield United are gone, ladies and gents? They're on 13 points. So, what's that, 12 points clear? We're 12 points clear of them. Are we? Would Greg, would you suggest that they've probably gone? I, th I think if we beat Burnley on Saturday, which, you know, is is a must win, it's at home, uh, that would give us a bit of distance. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to come back from that, isn't it, really? I mean, they've based on, you know, what, what how many games they've won to, to date, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably curtains for both. Interesting there. I think that, and then of course, there's uh, Luton on, in, on 18th on 20 points, Everton on 20 points, and Forest on 24 points, uh, two of which are both subjected to the uh, points deduction for breaching uh, FFP. Now, there's, I understand the Everton appeal is about to be announced in the next day or so. Uh, my, my thought process, and I'm going to give you my thought process. I'm, uh, they've been given 10 points. I reckon that's going to get... My guess is that it'll probably be reduced to something like six points. Uh, and that will then become the standard 
Once they set the precedent, that will then become the standard. Then Forrest have been charged, and they may well get six points. And then Everton will be charged again, and have been charged again, and they'll get another six points. You could argue, if that comes to light, and my predictions are right there, it's over anyway, isn't it? We've got, we've got very little to worry about. You know, even if we struggle with a new guy who, by the way, uh, Palace have just tweeted about, and I'll read you out in a second what they've just said. And it's li- literally in the last two minutes. Have you, have you seen it already, Jim? Can you no. see it? No, I'm just looking at the comment. If, if we lose against Burnley, blast them out. I didn't expect nothing else from that clown, Paul Holden. Um, yes, so we're on 25 points. Are we confident, Tim? Are we confident still? I don't think we could ever be confident until it's mathematically safe, can we? I mean, what that? I forget which season it was where we went down with the unluckiest number of points. No one would have thought we would have gone down in that season, but we did. So until it's mathematically safe, I don't think you could be confident. I, I think it's it's four wins. Or you know, three wins and a few and a couple of draws. And and the reality is the games that we've got coming up, we are playing all the teams in the mix. And they're the games you have to go out and win. And I think there's Spurs in there, there's Villa. If you can cream points from those games, not necessarily wins to draws, then that'll see us. I, I think we've got enough this season. There's enough quality. It won't be pretty, I don't think, but I think there's enough. To, to get 17th or above. Before we move on, Teresa and Jim, I'm asking you both this, okay? I say they're on third, those two down at the bottom are on 13, and then there's uh, Luton and Everton on 20. What do you think the cutoff is going to be this year? It's going to be low, isn't it? It's going to be very low. Ladies first. Um, 24. 24? Really? Well, that makes us already safe then. I can't see I can't see Burnley or Sheffield United get Ringman points unless but they play each other. And I agree with that, but it's going to be one of the other three in it, Forrest, Everton and Luton. Okay. Well, 35 then. There you go. All right then. Jimbo? Yeah. Well, looking at, you always look at the bottom two or three clubs, don't you? And you sort of gauge uh, a points total based on them. Uh, I can't see any of them getting 35 points, to be honest. Luton, uh, Luton are the, the, the dark horses. I mean, everybody yeah. expected them to be down where Sheffield United and Burnley are, but they, they keep putting in good performances and getting decent results. So, yeah, 35 points. I mean, we only need a few more wins. We beat them. To, we beat Burnley and Luton. Uh I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing comments, so I'm not too sure. I've, I've been, I've felt worse in other seasons than I did do this season because of the quality of the players that were waiting to come back in over the next two or three weeks. And you plus, that I would agree with. Plus the, two, plus the two additions that we've just added uh, during the, the, the window. Uh, we, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And I think you're right because uh, my understanding is Gihi could even be back this weekend. So, uh, and so again, uh, another point we'll make. Right, Teresa, we're going to be coming on to um, the new manager now, of course. But Palace have just uh, tweeted, and I've, I've lost it. So, uh, 
Crystal Palace are pleased to confirm the appointment of Oliver Glasner as manager, the 49-year-old Austrian, not German, um, as was put on social media the other day, Austrian, has signed a deal to become the Palace boss until the end of 25-26 season. Most recently, Glasner has managed Frankfurt to a historic success, winning the 21-22 UEFA European Cup, representing the club's first continental trophy in more than 40 years. This was achieved in Glasner's first season in charge of Dia Adler, the Eagles. Uh, and so, Teresa, what did you find out in your little search about our new manager? Oh, Oli Glasner. Um, he's married to a lady called Bettina. He played as a defender in the Austrian Bundesliga for SV Reed for almost 20 years. However, he had to stop playing in as he sustained um, a head injury, which resulted in a brain hemorrhage in August um, 2011. Following that, he then took up managerial role. Um, he started an assistant coach back with um, SV Reid. Um, and then he went on to manage Lengths. They got promoted to the first division under his membership, under his management in the second season. He got headhunted then by Wolfsburg, who took them, he took them to qualification for the Europa League um, his first in his first season. And in the 2021 season, Wolfsburg finished fourth in the Bundesliga qualifying for the UEFA Champions League. He then signed for EV Frankfurt on a three-year deal. Um, Frankfurt, they were really struggling at that point and close to relegation and they'd only won, I think it was one league game. After Oli was appointed in November, December, um, Frankfurt won six out of seven games and finished the league in the 11th and won, then went on and won the Europa League with them. Um, he left Frankfurt at the end of 22-23 season. Apparently, um, rumour is it because he had an argument with the board over transfer funds. Um, Rumours also about he'd been previously approached by Nottingham Forest to replace as a replacement for Steve Cooper. And Spurs had also looked at him before they got Angin. Um, got three kids. I didn't know that about so, Forest. I didn't know that about Forest, too. Thank you for that. There you go. I do my research, darling. Well done, you. Well done, you. Right. The, Sorry. the other thing that I heard is that he's already bought one of his backroom staff in, which is Emmanuel, Emmanuel Pogutets, who used to play for West Ham. He used to be called the Mad Dog because of his crazy way of playing, aggressive way of playing. Wow. That's as much as I learned so far. Listen, listen, far more than I was expecting. So they have just, uh, in the last few minutes, since we've been on air, Palace have uh, sent this out. Uh, ahead of getting to work with his new squad, new Crystal Palace manager, Oliver Gleisner, has been acquainting himself with his new surroundings. That would be the jerk chicken shop that I would guess. Um, it was announced earlier on Monday that the Austrian had signed a deal to become Palace manager until the end of 25-26 season. Uh, so we've done all that bit about... Reed and LASK, ahead of his first training session with his players, the 49-year-old visited South London to tour Crystal Palace's facilities at Cooper's Coop, Cooper's Coop, as well as the iconic Sellers Park itself. Keep your eye out for the first video tomorrow. Uh, and then there's a whole series of pictures of him being photographed around the uh, around the stadium and all the rest of it. Right, who's going to kick off with Oliver Glasner? Um, Jim, let's come to you first. 
I don't know if you know much about him. Had you heard much about him, or were you like us in the dark no. really until he got announced? No, well, you, you've heard of him through the the football fraternity, but uh, I mean, he sounds a, a good addition. He's uh, he's obviously won in Europe. He's played in the the highest managed teams in the highest leagues in the in their countries. So yeah, and we we. We're all saying that Roy's getting a bit long in the tooth, getting a bit old, and we wanted somebody younger and somebody that had more ideas. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. It, I'd, hopefully he does well, but um, I hear he's <coughs> a, a more attacking-minded, high-pressing manager. And I, I, that's a way I would like to see our team play, especially at home. So... Yeah, it all, all looks quite good at the moment. Yeah, it's quite interesting what you Sorry, sorry, go on, love. I was going to say, having listened to Jesse March on Monday Night Football, which I think practically half the Palace or all the Palace fans did that weren't going travelling to the match, who literally went into the tactics of um, Oli Glasner in kind of great detail of how attacking he is. And all I could think of, that would be so exciting to see um, Elise and Eze on the pitch with those kind of tactics. And coming back, so Lee Lockwood uh, posted a question in the chat. Um, do we think that our top players could possibly stay because of the new manager and his change of tactics? And yes, Lee, I think they possibly could. I think it's quite interesting that uh, he left one of his former clubs or a fallout. And I did have a wry smile when you read it out a minute ago too, that he left one of his former clubs after a fallout with the board over a transfer budget. Well, at least you bloody have one, mate. I don't. Know, I can't guarantee you're going to get one here, but there you go. It's it's really strange. Great. Your your thoughts on the new man? Uh, did you know anything about him before, Ed? I didn't. I didn't know uh, much about him. But uh, what I think is quite interesting, and I've been searching my mind, trying not to cheat on uh, a famous uh, encyclopedic website. But um, Terry Venables has won trophies. How? You know, aside from like league titles, I guess, like from like the championship or whatever, have we ever had a manager that's won a major honour? So now we have Oliver Glasner. There's a Europa League trophy in his cabinet. That's Europa League experience. You know, Roy had Europa League experience, obviously getting Fulham to the final, but didn't win. So having a manager, I think he's 49, you know, not being ageist, but that, that clearly is a younger manager. Um, with European pedigree, managing in Germany with Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt, you know, they are two, you know, pro, pro, two of the more sort of progressive sides oh, in the Bundesliga. Yeah, you know, they, they're not, they're not um, minnows. That's, that's what I'm searching for. I, I, think it, I think it could be quite exciting. I've read that um, it's, a, it's a counter-attacking style sort of play, which I think, you know, that could be quite exciting for Palace, you know, on the break. Uh, I, th I think that, I think it's the change that we all probably want. Uh, it's, it's really difficult to, you know, to, to guess, you know, how it, how he's going to set us up moving forward. Um, I've, I've wondered, will he look to some players he's worked with in the past? And there's one player that sort of stuck out in my mind based on, our current needs and his previous relationship and 
I, I think he's on loan at Besiktas at the moment, but I do wonder. I think he's 30, so again, it's, it's towards the twilight of his career. But I wondered if Wout Veghorst might end up at Palace as someone that uh, Glasner knows and trusts and got the best out of. And and I, I feel like that could be quite a Palace kind of signing. I know he didn't set the world alight at Man United, but I think coming to Palace might be a good option for him. And yeah, that's something that sort of piqued my interest. But uh, look, ov- overall, no disrespect to Cooper or Potter, who ultimately probably are sort of more West Hamable, you know, in, in terms of, of where they'll probably end up. I, th- I think we've, we've got a good option and, and a bit of an unknown, but a good option. Thank you, Clover. That was really interesting, mate. That was fascinating. Um, Tim, we got our fingers burnt with Frank de Boer, uh, our only soiree, if you like, into a European manager. Any doubts in your mind? Um, no doubts at the moment. I, I just hope that he gets the backing. Uh, Frank de Boer is an interesting one. Um, I thought he was on a bit of a hiding to nothing because he was brought in to, to change the way Palace played and to brighten things up, but he wasn't given any backing. So it's a yeah. bit like giving a mini to a 4-1 team saying, make this a Grand Prix winner, but we're not going to give you anybody to put a Ferrari engine in. So I'm hopeful. Um, I think things are slightly different with the board and backing now. He's certainly got a better squad. So yeah, it should be exciting times. I'm going to tell you guys a, a very quick story about for somebody who I really trust. And it's one of my sons. He doesn't support Palace. He's, he's a Chelsea fan. And he was saying to me, he walks into the front room the other day, yesterday, and he said, oh, my God, Dad, do you know what you've just done? And I said, well, I know he's quite a highly respected guy. And he's, he said, you could Potter, Cooper, he said, they are no marks when it comes to the pedigree of the guy that you've just signed as your manager. If they can support him and back him, you've got yourselves there. Somebody who is who will be destined for a top-class club. Yeah, bless you, Theresa. Uh, yeah, and no disrespect to Palace, he said. He said, I can just see him going on to bigger and better things. I think Potter will end up at Man United, if I'm honest with you, and I really do. I don't know why I've got it in my head that Potter will end up at Man United. But he can go and kiss my ass now because I don't care about Potter. I was very keen to have him on board. But uh, if my son James says he's, he's a good addition, I mean, he's a good addition. Uh, so uh, earlier in the season, people, we made some predictions. I, Jim, I can't remember what you said. Uh, I know you don't do predictions, uh, uh, league, league position there. What did you actually come up with in the end? Haven't a clue. Yeah, I think it was, it was, it was top half. You know, I, think, I think yours was... Something eleventh or center eleventh. Um, what do you what do you think, or how do you see us finishing up the season now with the change in management and, the, and certainly the change in style? I still think we'll finish about 14th, like we always do. We have a little sort of hiccup every now and again, then suddenly win a couple of games towards the end. So, yeah. 14, 15 will be ample this year. Yeah. Teresa, oh, yeah. I'm coming to you. Teresa, hold your, keep your powder dry. I'm coming to you last for a reason. And you know what the reason is. Greg, where do you think we'll end up? I think we'll end up 16th. Okay. Timbo? 13th. Wow. 
really. Now, the reason I left Theresa Baker till last, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in case you weren't with us on the pre-season show, Theresa, why don't you tell the world where, where you thought we'd end up? Top three. Yeah, you did. actually, you said, in fairness to you, uh, you actually said false. I am this optimistic at the start of every season, Nick. Every single season. And your thoughts now? I might struggle to get there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you, you said fourth and I said 17th. Okay. Uh, so, should we have a five-a-side bet later after the show? Yeah. All right. Okay, right. Greg, fixtures, please. Because um, I want to have a look at some of these games that are coming up. And uh, I think it was you that mentioned the Spurs game, which is obviously going to be a, a particularly tricky game. And the Newcastle game, um, also a very tricky fixture. But in amongst all of that, of course, this Saturday, and I think this will be, I'll be disappointed if we don't come away with their, uh, sell us on Saturday with a, without a victory. Uh, the Luton game is very much a winnable game, is at home. Uh, Forest, I think we can get something at Forest. I think we can get something at Bournemouth. People are looking at those. So what we got there? Three, six, nine, eighteen points available. Uh, I'd like out in Facebook land. I'd like your thoughts, please. Out of those eighteen points, what do you think is an acceptable amount, and what do you think we're going to get? I'd be interested to know. Uh, Greg, I'm going to ask you first. Out of those eighteen, what do you see from that? Okay, so I think my expectation in in terms of Palace staying up, doing it well, comfortably, and and hopefully what they you know what really what we expect. I, I think thirteen points. I, I think you've got to get your four wins, a draw, and a loss. I think the loss will be at Tottenham. I think we'll get a draw away at Newcastle. Or I can't remember if it was home. Sorry, let's have a look. No, no, I think we'll get a draw at home. And you've got to go to Burnley, Luton, Forest, and Bournemouth and get the wins. Really, you probably only need three wins. But if you know, if you want to see the season out in style, for me, they're the games you've got to target to win. You've got to, you've got to target to win them all. But the, you know, the reality is we don't tend to do too well away at Tottenham. It's always been a treacherous place for us. Newcastle, you know, they're off the boil a bit this season. But thirteen points. That's it. What are we twenty five points now? 30, yeah. Thirty eight points. That's us done. And really, if we do only get the three wins, we're on thirty five, which is I think will be more than enough. And that will be it. Obviously, if that doesn't happen and we don't get those wins or we drop a couple of points, then you're looking to your Villa game. You know, um, I think we've got Man City to go as well. You know, it gets tougher. You might nick a point. You you you, you know towards those last sort of half a dozen games of the season, throw up spurious results. You know, Luton could go and, I mean, I don't know if they've got to play Man City away, but, you know, Luton could go there, turn them over, and you're like, didn't see that coming. So it's easy for us to say that, but I, I think 13 points. The reality is probably three wins, two losses and a draw. OK, I'm looking at some of the uh, predictions coming through. Uh Greg, can you tee up um, Instagram for me, mate? Because Tom Clark Samuels um, in the chat, he said uh, he believes we're going to get 10 points. Now, uh, before I go through the rest of those in a minute, uh, Tom Clark Samuels, ladies and gentlemen, runs our Instagram account and he does exceedingly good work. Uh, if you haven't joined him on Instagram, please do like, share, 
subscribe or whatever you do. Uh, the address will be coming up on your screen any second now, I believe. Uh, and there he is here, Temp Wins. Have, have you got that slide there, Jeff, uh, Greg? I am just trying to find it. Sorry, I'm having seen it. Steve Jupp said nine points. Rob Donovan says uh, eight points. Uh, Facebook user says 10 points. Paul McNamara says seven. Neil Hawkins says eight points. Georgia Wagwell, good evening, George, uh, says eight points. He's mad. Um, Rob Cranfield, 12 points. Penn Short Eagle. Looking forward to on Saturday. Looking forward to Saturday. Thanks, Nick. I don't know what that's about. Uh, Leon, Leon, when are you going to phone me? I've been waiting for you to phone me about popping on one night. Nine points. Uh, Tony Quinn says if we get eight points, we'll be doing well. Did, did you find that the Instagram account, red underscore and underscore blue underscore review? There you go, folks. If you're not on there, please give it a like, share, or follow. I think the funniest thing that I saw that coming out uh, this week. I know I'm going to get you the rest of your points thing. I think the funniest thing, and somebody just reminded me about it in the chat, was all the traffic that's gone between Brighton and Chelsea over the years, you know, Potter, uh, Casado, and whoever else it was. They've lost, you know, they've lost so much stuff going from one. I know Brighton have absolutely pulled their pants down, but even their director of football has now been put Brighton's Director of football is now being placed on gardening leave because he's agreed to join Chelsea as well. Uh, there seems to be something between those two clubs. Right, Jim, out of those 18 points very quickly, what do you, what do you think? Um, nine points, definitely. Uh, two wins. I mean, we need to we need to beat Burnley and Luton. More so Luton. Burnley, I think, will, will have gone. Uh, get a draw. Bournemouth and Forest, couple of draws there. Uh, Newcastle, I'll leave that open. You know, if, if we play well, they're not doing brilliant at the moment. But the thing is, if we beat the teams that are around about us, that gives a bigger gap as well. Gives you know, the cushion, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, if we play, if we had to play eight, six top teams there and get points, then I'd be a bit worried. But once you've taken three points away from them teams around you. Even one point, if it's away from home, then you're 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 giving them you're you're putting them further down as well. Okay, mate. And Facebook user, hello from Spain. It doesn't give me a name. Hello from Spain. I'll give you a name check if you say Paul. If that's you, let me know it's you. So I can say good evening to you. Uh, Teresa, out of those eighteen, go girl. Thirteen. Thirteen. You mm -hmm. are one of the most optimistic people I know. Do you know that? And I think you're, you're a wonderful human being. Well done, you. Tim? Eight points. Eight points. Okay, right. Now, while I'm with you, young Richards, um, I understand you've had some communication in the last few hours. Do you want to tell the world about it in your capacity as our fabric representative? Um, so, yeah, I have. Speaking of that, we've got our next meeting next week uh, with the club officials. Uh, so that's the first proper meeting after the with them after um, the catch up. So yeah, I had an email today uh, from or oh, who was it? Uh, I can't remember now. But basically, I've been asked to go to a meeting at the Premier League headquarters um, at Paddington as a rep fan representative uh, to discuss or have a a meeting about proposed law changes for the game and to get the fans' opinion of them. 
Um, that's all I know at the moment. It literally, the email came in about an hour and a half ago. Um, I'm waiting for the official uh, invite to come through. But, yeah, all very surreal. And we are not worthy of your company, Tim. I've got to tell you, you're, you're mixing in much higher circles these days. Uh, right, a couple of things from the chat. Graham Morehouse was the, was the guy in Spain. Graham, hope you're well, mate. And Leon Sounds, yes, mate, you, on here. Give me a call, please, because I want you on the show. Um, right, guys. Greg, what about I, I'm just looking at, I'm just wondering if uh, our 94 viewers this evening uh, might have any suggestions for Tim about law changes to the game. Any ideas? If, you know, if you could impact the, the future of Premier League football, what would you change and, and why would you do it? I'll tell you what, I love this bit because I'm coming straight to him because we all know he, what Jim thinks of referees. Okay. <laughs> Here you go, Mr. Big C. Over to you. One law you could change right now, off the top of your head, no rehearsal, no pre-warning, go. I'll get rid of VAR. <laughs> would you, though? Would you actually get rid of it? Because it has its no, use. I, I, would, I would use it only for offsides. The rest of the game, penalties, penalties is a joke. I mean, well... There's there's a rule you can sort out the penalties. Penalties if it's if it's you mean to handball it, it's a penalty. If you don't mean to handball it, no matter where it hit hit you, it's not a penalty. Paul, the real panel says all all goals against Palace are ruled offside. Is would be the rule you'd change. Um, Tim, yeah, the one thing I am going to bring up, and I do think would make it better, is to basically limit. VAR to 30 seconds to make a decision because with all the camera angles they've got if they can't make a decision within 30 seconds it can hardly be a clear and obvious error which is what VAR is supposed to be doing so um, I'm going to make that comment and see what happens look at that look at some of these still going through Martin Batchford saying no blue card leave it alone Rob Cranfield saying get rid of offsides Steve Jupp saying handball's joke Facebook user I presume that was Graham saying Change the offside rule to go back to the old offside rule. Uh, Nigel saying, Greg, oh, he's just gone through. Tell him VAR shit says Dawn Palace. Bless your heart, Dawn. Paul Bristow says, what's he saying? Handball has to return to deliberately propel the ball by hand to arm. Uh, and God, could Jim just come up with another one? Yeah, no, just tell them that they're, uh, tell them that they're all crap. No, I can't. I can't let you do that. I can't. Hang on. Rest, just, that's not what you said last time. For the benefit, I'm being, I'm being more polite. I'm being more polite. I'm being more polite. Nick, Nick, there's a lady present in the top left-hand corner. You can't say that word. She's in the bottom right of mine, mate. Okay, but that's the only reason. JC, I do. I do. I do I, one thing I'd like you to do is tell them that when they're watching all these replays back with hundreds of monitors in front of them, watch it in real time because mm -hmm. football is not played in slow motion. Great. So why you would even slow it down to see something that's totally alien and different from real time. So let them watch it in real time because they've got 20 monitors there. And Fergus has just said exactly the same as you, Jim. And that's why you two are on the show for that sort of comment. Teresa Baker. I want to see cards for simulation. Yeah. If somebody good dies. Show. Good show. 
Start giving the players cards for simulation. That is probably the best, the best suggestion. I'm reading every single one of these that are going through people, okay? And I'm sorry, Theresa Baker's just trumped you all because it's a part of the game that makes me sick, if I'm honest with you. It's cheating. Yeah, you know, whether even if it's one of our own players, you know, you know, when you're standing in the terraces, it does it, it, it's funny when you know you just con, you know, you got a dodgy penalty from somebody, okay? But I think you're so right. I think, in fact, I think there is where we're going to draw a line under it this evening, people. It is nine o'clock and people have got lives to get on with. Um, give me one confident, uh, one confident suggestion going into this weekend, Greg. We're travelling in the unknown. So, you know, if you if you weren't excited about going to Palace because of recent performances, no re, no better time to be excited. The change is now. There you go. I could have summed it up. It's Tim. You got anything? Yeah, much like much like Greg said, new manager, got players coming back from injury, great new players we've bought. Let's go for it. See. Absolutely. I'm really excited about Saturday. Um, JC. Yeah, like a young manager, lots of experience, one in Europe, like all there for us. New Let's manager bounce, three, eh? New Let's manager bounce. Let's get three points. Let's get three points. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, we've been through some turbulent times recently. Let's hope we're just going to go through to the rest of the season in calm waters. Uh, steering this captain of this ship tonight has been me, Nick Philpott. But can I thank the panel, uh, Greg, Teresa, Tim, and Big JC, always. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't do it without you. Everybody out in Facebook land and YouTube land, please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. On behalf of myself, Nick, and the rest of these wonderful people, I bid you farewell. Good evening. Have a safe week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night.